0: This is the Genuine Men's Podcast, episode number four with Adam Derrick of Taboot, New York. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Genuine Men's Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Elliott, and welcome to episode number four. I wanted to first start off by apologizing for the long delay in episodes to both my guests and the audience. Fortunately, we had a problem with some of the technology, and it's been a small struggle to get the podcast up and running again. Everything now seems to be cleared up, and we're back on track, and I'm super excited to share our latest guest, whom some of you may or may not have heard of. Are you ready? Take a look down. What do you see? If you're like most of our listeners, it's most likely a beautifully made pair of shoes. It's said that the first thing a woman sees is a man in his shoes. A great pair of shoes are the windows to the soul. Adam Derrick is the creator of one of the world's best-known shoe brands, to boot New York. Over the past 25 years or so, Adam has created some of the greatest shoes in the world for men that are looking for a bit of luxury, style, comfort, and quality. I had the opportunity to interview Derrick about the process it takes to make the perfect dress shoe, why New York and Italy continue to inspire him, and what's been his worst shoe purchase ever. I had a really fun time interviewing him, so I hope you enjoy this interview. Once again, this is Adam Derrick from the men's shoe brand, To Boot New York. Adam, thanks so much for coming on the Genuine Men's Podcast. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and uh, how you started To Boot New York?
1: Uh, Sure. Um, To Boot New York started as a cowboy boot store on Columbus Avenue, the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I'm a native New Yorker. And... um, We've obviously uh, been through a lot of metamorphoses uh, since those days. That was uh, in the '80s.
0: <laughs> Cowboy boots, huh? Yes. Since making those, uh, you know, how has uh, New York kind of changed over the years? Wow,
1: well, you know, New York. Um, what do they say? It'll be great when they finish it. Um, <laughs> New York continually changes, um, and yet it's always New York. You know, that's that's why I still love it. But it really is very, very different since those days. I mean, when we first started um, the boot store, it was the Studio 54 days. So it was really just New York was a huge party. And, um, you know, I was a really young guy and having a great time. And all of the crime and the dirt and all of that just seemed sort of like um, it didn't seem sinister or bad in any way, you know I'm sure I would have a completely different reaction to it today, but um you know that's I think that's why people can get nostalgic for that other New York,
0: yeah, and I mean, just in general, New York just has this persona of being like this uh this monster or something like that, right. and I think you know at the time maybe you started it was a little bit different. it was a little bit more like the cool place to be, and
1: well, it still is, I think you know, the thing about New York, like you can go to Paris or London or Rome or, you know, any world city. And the difference about New York, for one thing, is it's so loud here. I mean, this the things that go on on the street, it's just, you kind of have to brace yourself before you walk out the door in the morning, you know, because New York can just like hit you like a two by four, you know, if you're not like, at that pitch, you have to kind of be in tune with New York, which doesn't mean you have to yell all the time. But um, that's the, the people who are successful in New York can kind of roll with that and even feed off that energy. And you know, for other people, it just really wears on them. And um, it's 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 great to be here, but it's good to leave too.
0: Oh, absolutely. So when you first started, obviously it was more. Uh, obviously boots and stuff like that, but nowadays you seem to be producing a little bit more casual options uh, kind of than ever before. Is that a sign of kind of the times um, in New York specifically, or do you see a cultural shift in footwear for guys?
1: Well, yes. I mean, it's it's kind of a multi-party question, but I've, you know, since actually for, for quite a long time now, uh, to boot has always been a complete lifestyle footwear collection. So, you know, we want to have shoes for, you know, very casual, you know, the guys wearing jeans or shorts or whatever, um, all the way to a three-piece suit and even formal wear. So, uh, and boots are, of course, still a big part of that mix too. But, um, yeah, there's definitely been a more casual aspect. And um, let's see – This spring is my third sneaker collection, so uh, we've sold – we've now – with the fall collection, which will be delivered in a couple of months, uh, that's my fourth sneaker collection. So that's obviously the newest part of the business and, um, you know, the part of the market that, you know, people are very excited about. I mean, people are still wearing, obviously, all the other shoes that they wore before, but um, I think guys are incorporating that whole – you know, sneaker trend into their uh, rotation as well.
0: Yeah. And, and do you feel, um, you know, like the change in society, like are you into that kind of whole sweatpants or casual attire being kind of the social norm? In like, you know, even in office settings, that's kind of changed. Is that like okay with you? Or do you think that, you know, there's a time and a place for it?
1: Well, you know, I think the, uh, the idea of being comfortable in what you're wearing is, is great conceptually. Um, but I think that there's a very, you know, and there is a way to wear sweatpants with a little bit, you know, to kind of mix it up with a little bit of style. But I think it's a really slippery slope too. And a a lot of guys just kind of feel like, Oh, you know, I can put on my pajama bottoms and it's okay. You know? And, um, that's, that's where I really kind of have the problem with it because I do think, you know, when you're, um, It can be great if you're, you know, going to the park and, you know, with your dog and a casual, you know, you pull it together, uh, you know, on a casual weekend setting. But, you know, if I'm going to the Metropolitan Opera, I don't want to see somebody in sweatpants. I really don't.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, me personally, it doesn't bother me as much as it does, you know, when you do it in the right kind of forms, like you said, on the weekends or, you know, if you're doing something that's local to your home, like I understand that, um, I almost see it as you know I I see these kind of not trends but you know kind of like waves of things like what happened kind of in the 60s and the 70s with bell bottoms and silk shirts and stuff like that like yeah they're 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 substantial and like people like them and you know they come and it'll it'll come it'll go but I mean I think I think it's something that where you know like you're saying if it is a formal attire like if it's formal attire is needed that's what you should be wearing. I don't think that, you know, sweatpants, you know, is justified in a in a setting that really right. and, you, know, you need a and suit to wear or something.
1: Absolutely and you know, it's it's kind of once you tell a guy that it's okay to be super dressed down and relaxed in every setting, it's kind of hard to see how you get him out of that, you know? It's it, it it's also kind of like um uh, infantilization. I I'm, I'm not pronouncing that right.
0: Uh, (laughs) that's all right when you're you're a teenager
1: and then you 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 know and you're constantly dressed down and then you kind of have a little bit of a style evolution and you say i can you know step this up or oh wow that looks good or you know when you save up for like a few important things that you, you know that you know you look good in and you know i think that can be missing but we also see guys that are now sort of embracing the fact that with so many people, you know, kind of being sloppy, that even a little bit of, uh, you know, care and attention, you can stand out and in a positive way, you know, professionally, dating, uh, you know, no matter what it is, you know, if you look good, if you make an impression, um, I think it it kind of even goes further than than it did 10 years ago. Less competition, so to speak.
0: Um, I read actually that you have, you know, Taboo actually has about a hundred different models of shoes. Is that is that correct? Or
1: yeah, that's that's approximately what we show uh, every season. Oh,
0: so that's every season you're creating a hundred different different ones, or you're just you're kind of continuing certain ones in your...
1: Well, we do. Um, we do have about thirty uh, styles that are kind of core. That roll through, and those can evolve and change as well. But uh, yeah, well, a hundred is a rough number, but it's more or less a hundred that we show every season.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you you know, you primarily sell to places like Bergdorf's and Nordstrom's and Saks. That's kind of like your bread and butter, right there, like with the bigger um, sellers.
1: Yeah, uh, Nordstrom, Saks, and Bloomingdale's are our biggest customers, um, and um, you know, we also have a great business with um, like better men's specialty stores all around the country, okay. uh, you know, like real haberdasher, so to speak.
0: Yeah, like only only men's shops, maybe like Stag in Texas and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, like our, um, for instance, uh, here in the New York area, um, Mitchell's and Richard's in Connecticut, you know, would be a perfect example. You know, these are real merchants that have a great taste level and then they're on the floor, you know meeting their customers and you know showing them how to wear it and all that kind of stuff and, and of course that's that's really appealing too
0: um, are you, can you kind of describe to our audience the process of uh, you know how you make your shoes and you know what kind of quality components go into them because I, I really don't think that some people know kind of what t- what it takes to to build a shoe kind of from the ground up
1: um, well the um, I, I do all the designing. In New York, and the designs are sent over to Italy. Uh, I only work in Italy, um, even though a lot of companies um, have chosen to go to the Far East. Whatever, that's something that I never wanted to do. Very, very happy uh, in Italy with the craftsmanship and um, the materials. You know, one of one of the people say. Uh, you know, what's so great about Italian shoes or Italian leather? And it really does start, everything starts with the materials and the components that you're using because the finished product can never be better than the sum of everything you put into it. Right. Yeah. Um, and in Italy, for instance, uh, they don't need a lot of steak. They don't need a lot of beef like we do hamburgers. It's hard to find a hamburger. Um, like like we do in the U.S. So uh, the leathers are always the byproduct of the food of the country. So in the U.S. we have, you know, with the steaks, the hamburgers and all that, we have very thick, uh, bigger uh, hides, which are more, you know, good for making hiking boots or baseball gloves or things like that.
0: It's something uh, a little thicker.
1: Yeah. In Italy, uh, they prim- their primary meat is veal. Uh, So that's a much smaller animal. The leather is, uh, you know, much more supple and fine. Um, You know, it's uh, with a very tight uh, pore. So, you know, you can really um, tan it in so many ways. You You can burnish it in so many different ways. I mean, it's just a beautiful quality of leather to work with. So that's the first thing that I always do is, you know, select... Um, the very best leathers. And then we also, um, in my factories, everything is, I mean, of course there are machines uh, for sewing and stitching and, and lasting and all of that, but uh, everything is done by hand. So there is a, a a technician working or an artisan working with that machine. Um, and we do a lot of things purely by hand, like the cutting of the leathers um, a lot of uh, companies will um, use like a laser cutters and, and um, where it, it's all automated. There's nobody even looking at the leather. So um, it's very important to, in my mind, to do the hand cutting because then, you know, seeing that leather is a natural material, the animal may have, you know, been, um, in a pasture and brushed up against uh, a wire fence. So there's a little bit of a scratch or a blemish or something. And that's that's something that when you have the artisan there hand cutting it, they'll cut around that. And that you know that will, will not appear on your shoe. Um, so there, there's really no um, substitute for that kind of handwork, particularly when it comes to the finishing of the product. Um, that's one thing that, Taboo shoes are known for the beautiful uh, burnished hand burnished leathers the wonderful colorings and um, much of that is done completely by hand it's very labor intensive it, it it's layer upon layer it's kind of like uh, doing a French polish on you know a beautiful antique table you're you're just laying it on one layer at a time and until you know it, it becomes a you know the beautiful finished product. Um, another point of difference is, uh, letting our shoes really sit on the last. The last is the, the form that the leather is stretched around. And, uh, we like to let the leather, the shoes rest there on the last. This is before the soles are, are stitched on. Um, and that way the leather has the chance to memorize that shape of the last. So, um, when you are wearing the shoe a year later, uh, or if you're caught in the rain or whatever, all you have to do is put your shoe trees in them when you get home, and the shoe is going to hold its shape. It, it remembers being on that on that last for that long period of time. So, it's these it's these little things that, um, you know, the, the attention that goes into the details of fine shoemaking that uh, makes the shoe you know comfortable, wearable you know, gives it the longevity and and the value that that it ultimately has.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people just, you know, today they want to buy a shoe that's, you know, lower in price because it is lower in price. But it really, all the fine details that you just explained um, to boot, those are really what make the cost of a shoe go up because you are having somebody use their hand to um, burnish the leather and um, really take, the time to really make sure the shoe is of proper, you know, quality.
1: Right. And, you know, I have so many customers that come up to me and will say, you know, oh, I have shoes that are 12 years old. I have your shoes from, you know, from the Columbus Avenue store. I love them so much. You know, I can't throw these away. You know, I I, I keep hearing these things and it makes me feel good because people, um, end up having a collection of, you know, footwear that they really love that works for them you know over a long period of time Um, so it you know it's it's a good feeling for me I like that I like that um, you know sense that we're not making a disposable product we're making something that you know people are going to wear and enjoy and really uh, have for a long time
0: you say you travel to Italy very often that's obviously a place that inspires you Uh, tell us a little bit more about that
1: um, yeah, I go to Italy, and uh, I'm there six times a year for about two weeks at a stretch. And um, Italy is very inspirational. I mean, it's inspirational in the shoe business because they've been in the shoe business for, I don't know.
0: 200 years or something? Maybe longer than that, probably.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's that. Um, it's kind of in their DNA. So when I'm working in a factory uh, with an artisan, It's almost like a shorthand that we all understand, you know, it's, it's assumed that you're going to do that, you know, that the top best thing, uh, you don't have to explain, you know, things at every, at every step of the way. But aside from, uh, the shoe business, I just find it an incredibly beautiful country with wonderful food and great wine and, um, mountains and sea and culture and, you know, what's not to love.
0: I haven't, I haven't been uh, to Europe uh, yet in my 30 years here on Earth, but uh, I definitely will be getting over there fairly soon. Um, yeah. It's definitely a place I want to visit and uh, just kind of take in the sights. So you've been making shoes uh, a long time, but before that, you know, be- even before the internet. Wow. Ah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I guess that's kind of dating you, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what, what kind of impact, I guess, positive or negative has it had on your business um, today? the internet yeah
1: um, you know, I think that ultimately it's it 's a great positive because you 're able to kind of reach um, people around the world, even I mean you, you, you used to have to produce an ad and then buy an ad in a specific magazine or you know it was it was very it was very targeted, and there were a whole lot of people that you know you never you never reached so um, I think the, um, the possibilities today of, you know, broadening your reach and your appeal are so much better. Um, you know, that said, it, it, it with that comes all of the new challenges that whatever Instagram or, um, you know.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my follow up. Uh social media presence is, you know, something that's uh, I mean, it's it's bigger now than I've ever seen it in terms of, you know, men's clothing and stuff like that with all these new brands and new, you know, just I guess they're called influencers, but, you know, have you, you know, taken up any social media things that you're you're enjoying or that you're using kind of for your business or just personally?
1: Uh for my business absolutely. Uh we have um you know, we really made a choice to focus on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and to a lesser extent, Twitter. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a constant dialogue with our customers. And, um, you know, it's really easy to get new things out there, product launches. um, Yeah, lots, lots. It's exciting. You know, I mean, I don't like to... Ever focus on negatives because I mean, fashion is about change. So if you can't embrace the change and the new, then you're not going to really be successful in this business because things are always changing. And um, I'm excited about uh, you know just embracing that and and seeing how far we can run with it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's I mean you had mentioned that you you have somebody that's posting every day that's it's so vital for companies now today to kind of know about these other forms of, um, really marketing and, you know, getting your brands out there because, you know, the kids and the buyers or, you know, whoever's going to, um, purchase your products, they're on these platforms and they're, you know, they're looking, they're looking for quality goods or quality, you know, uh, menswear object, uh, products that they're really going to tell, like, you know, who they are, that, you know, they feel like they relate to. So I think that, you know, it's great that you're on IG, um, Instagram. And, uh, you know, I think that all, all, all these brands and all these um, young brands should, should really try and make a push towards it. And really the, these, um, you know, for use for business, I mean, they're absolutely free. You know, it's not like you have to pay a certain amount for them right now. I mean, they do have ads and stuff like that, but a lot of these things are free. So it's, it's really just a great uh useful tool for any business.
1: Right. It's very democratic, small d. Um yeah, I mean it's it's just a there's a lot of opportunity uh for for people to 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 reach, you know, to to broaden their reach and uh yeah, I love it. I think it's great.
0: You uh you talked in some other interviews about um building um trust with your customers. Uh you want your shoes to be timeless. Um obviously you mentioned one of your that your customers you know contact you about having shoes for years and years uh what have you done with Taboot to ensure kind of longevity um for years to come
1: well you know i think it all starts with the product kind of starts and ends with the product i mean you have to you have to put out the best quality product that you can um something that's comfortable something that wears well something that looks good something that guys get compliments on uh you know because even before instagram and facebook there was a thing called word of mouth which is you know basically how we grew our business and it's people telling their friends and you know turning them on to this great new brand you know and um so that's that's how we grew and um I, I, I still think that you can't ignore the basics. The basics are, you know, what is the cornerstone of a successful business. But then, you know, always standing behind your product. Um, I like to kind of um, take things in a full circle. You know, like I, I want to be in the showroom when uh, when there are people, when, when the customers, my wholesale customers are there buying the line. I like to visit their stores you know, talk to the salespeople, talk to their customers, find out what they're wearing, what they're liking, what they're wanting more of. You know, I think you can't be too, um, you know, tuned in to all of the aspects of this business because, you know, it's kind of like playing a baseball game with yourself. You know, you, you go to Italy and, you, you throw the ball and then you run back to the States and you hit it with the bat and then you chase it around, you know, and it's like you, you have to kind of be plugged into all of the, um, you know, all the aspects of, of the business for it to be successful.
0: Yeah. Uh, over the last few years, um, there's kind of been a tremendous movement, I guess, with just men's or in general, so much so that uh, New York has a men's fashion week. Um, what's that been like for your company? I know that you've been featured in a lot of these past few uh men's fashion weeks am i correct
1: well we um just serendipitously our showroom um uh, is located about a block and a half from uh the venue uh downtown at clarkson street so that's been great uh so we make sure that we're you know available at all times so we haven't actually shown uh at new york men's fashion week but the um sort of the the residual impact um has been you know terrific and uh you know, we'll do things like last, last season, we had a dinner for friends of the brand and, and, uh, influencers, uh, that were here for fashion week. And, you know, we, we kind of like, even though we're not in it, we're, we're definitely in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you're out there just promoting and, you know, talking to people. Obviously some people are there to, you know, buy and some people are there just to really network and their brand out there. Yes. So what's, uh, what's. Going to be new for 2016 for the boot?
1: Uh, well, um, you know, the sneakers are still a major new ish thing for us. And um, that, that's been a, a great evolution.
0: They look beautiful, by the way.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we've got some some cool things. If, if you check our Instagram page yesterday, uh, one of the styles for fall was posted, and we're getting a great reaction to that. Uh, I just uh, launched belts uh, this this season which um, I'm doing in the same really beautiful, supple uh, Italian leathers, uh, the same as the shoes to match. And, you know, that's that's been fun. Uh, we, we will have uh, a hosiery, uh, sock collection. Yeah, kind of like branching out but still related to shoes. You know, I'm not going to
0: – You're not doing shirts and suits and stuff now? No,
1: no. It's got to it's have some kind of connection to the shoe, the foot.
0: Yeah, no, that's leather. I think that's that's you know as about as far as you can go. What do you wear? What, what shoe are you wearing right now? Of yours,
1: I am wearing um, a really kind of clean white sneaker that is popped with a little uh, blue detail on the uh, at the ankle, you know, on the keeper and um, and a blue lace.
0: Is that is that something you'd see on uh, the streets of New York, L.A., Milan?
1: Yeah, totally. I you know it's um, I think. The style has become really kind of global now because even a couple of years ago, you would say, well, what you'd see in Milan and then I would tell you what you'd see in Milan and then, you know, what you'd see in L.A. would be different from New York. And I don't really see that so much anymore. I think, you know, the trends are kind of sweeping around the world and um, everybody is kind of kind of coming together as to, you know, what what the trends are.
0: Well, I mean, you're you're saying you're wearing a white sneaker. I mean, I just I just bought a brand new pair of white sneakers for the summer, just because, uh, you know, it's memor it's uh, recording this close to Memorial Day, and uh, you know, I'll be going out to the Cape, so you know, hopefully, it'll be a little bit warmer than what it's projected to be. But um, you know, there's nothing to me. There's nothing better than just like a nice white, clean white shoe for summer.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, um, yeah, we've had such a terrible spring, too. So uh, even wearing these today, it's like it gives you a little lift, you know. I'm wearing um, a very uh, trim um, kind of chino and um, a blue linen shirt and a sort of um, natural linen-y um, jacket. And the sneaker just kind of just gives it all sort of a very relaxed pulled together, but relaxed vibe. Yeah.
0: Tell the audience a little bit more about that, your your personal style. Uh, we always see you in a jacket or a sport coat. Is that kind of your preferred u- uniform or is, is are you more casual?
1: Well, you know, I find that you can dress really casually with a jacket and, uh, and you always look pulled together. So that's sort of kind of my secret weapon, because I don't like to have to think about things too much when I'm getting dressed. But you have enough to
0: think about, I'm sure.
1: You know, I have a couple of, um, I I love Brunello Cuccinelli jackets. I mean, they cost the earth, but
0: (laughs) everything, everything that looks good costs money.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, and in cost per wear, they're probably not so terrible cause I wear them out. So yeah, I've got a, um, a blue sort of linen cotton blend and then this one in a more natural tone. So, you know, I throw them on over a chambray shirt or I'm really loving, um, this season, like a very fine knit, uh, polo. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever pant, you can do a chino or a jean or whatever with that, and you still pull together. So that, that's basically, I can you know, go uh, to my showroom, I can go out to dinner. Obviously, the belt and the shoe does not come second to, to any of that stuff I just mentioned. I feel like it kind of covers me in whatever situation I find myself in that day. Do
0: you have three items in your wardrobe that you kind of can't live without and they don't have to be clothing or obviously your shoes, but is there something that you have that you always have with you? Maybe a keepsake?
1: Keepsake? No. Um, I wear a big watch, um, for the last several years. So, uh, I've got a couple of those, uh, that, that I always seem to wear, uh, the jackets that I just mentioned, um, yeah, and a really, a really cool belt and shoe and then I'm, I'm sad.
0: I mean I usually always have to wear a watch. Uh, it's something with me now like uh I don't have uh, you know I'm not this person with a huge watch collection but uh you know the 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 times that I do go out even if I'm just wearing like a t-shirt and a pair of chinos and you know like a desert boot or something like that like a watch for me is something I have to have on my wrist otherwise I feel like completely naked so
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like part of dressing.
0: It's not and it's not like it's a, an Apple Watch or anything like that. It's like an old school like has like roman numerals on it like i like to feel like a little bit analog sometimes not always digital digitalized obviously with our cell phones and stuff like that so totally it kind of grounds me i agree can you uh (laughs) this is getting a little bit more cheeky can you tell us tell the audience and you know our listeners uh the most embarrassing shoe purchase that you've ever had so we're looking for a horror story here
1: Mm, horror story okay well um We can blame it on my youth. Uh, When I was probably a sophomore or a junior in high school, I remember that I had to have worked after school to make the money to buy a pair of fry boots, harness boots in black cherry color. And I think that would be pretty embarrassing if if there were but i i don't think there are any pictures of that you'll have to take my word for it
0: yeah i think my my personal most embarrassing shoe purchase was um you know i guess like maybe like 7 years ago 8 years ago i was starting to get into you know dressing well and stuff like that and uh, you always get enticed by that that one sale that's going to get you something yeah so i got these ll bean i was into like the kind of americana like you know, kind of rugged look at the time. So I've got these LL Bean um I guess they're called like camp mocks. Uh-huh. They almost look like a loafer, I guess like a driving loafer, but it's like got like a higher ankle. Yeah. And I bought them and I bought them in this like spearmint green <laughs> with like yellow laces. And they were in my size and I was like, oh yeah, I'll wear these all the time. And I think I still have them in my closet somewhere.
1: Well, you know, repurpose them. Just wear them with confidence, Steven. I don't know
0: what to wear them with. I mean, is there something I should be wearing these bright green shoes with?
1: White pants. White pants? Yeah.
0: Okay. I, I have some I think I have some really faded stone ones, so maybe I'll try them with that.
1: Okay. Or or you could just get a pair of taboo shoes and not have to worry about this.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well I'll definitely have to look into that. Um OK, so here at Genuine, we pride ourselves on being authentic and true to ourselves, uh, spending time with family, holding, on, uh, holding a door open for a woman, uh, maybe even ha- just having impeccable manners. What do you define as a, a genuine man?
1: Well, I think those are all great, admirable things. I totally agree. Well, there's a Mark Twain quote that comes to mind. Um, Always do what is right. It will gratify half of mankind and astound the other.
0: Absolutely, Is there anything else you would like to say to our audience?:
1: Yeah, well, I think that um, you know when when you think about what's important um, in a wardrobe and whatever, the shoe needs to get the right respect, because there's no other item of clothing that not only kind of can elevate your style the way a, sh- a great shoe can. But it's the only thing that you're wearing that you need to be comfortable in that you're going to walk uh, all day long in. Um, I read that uh, in a lifetime, we walk ar- the, the distance of around the globe three times. Uh, so when you treat your feet, uh, it makes the rest of you happy.
0: <laughs> That's that, that sounds great. Okay, Adam, um, we just want to say thanks here from uh, – for us at Genuine Men's Magazine, and I hope you have a good day. Okay, well, that was the interview with Adam of Taboot New York. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any more questions where you can get a great pair of shoes, head on over to the Genuine Men's Magazine website at www.genuinemensmag.com, and we'll have a link posted on where you can buy Taboot shoes. If you haven't yet, head over to our Facebook page, add us on Twitter or Instagram, or leave us a review on iTunes. Any feedback you can give us is a big help, and each month we'll be randomly selecting one reviewer and sending them a free gift from Genuine Men's Magazine. I'm your host, Stephen Elliott, saying so long.